Many thousands of years ago, a giant called Finn lived deep in the mountains of Morn. There, the peaks and valleys that the old ice had scored into the land had made a world that, to him, seemed normal size. Giants are known to be solitary creatures, and he lived there quite contentedly and quite alone. The local people of Ireland had little use for the mountains themselves, and were happy to leave them to Finn, as his great size meant that he could care for the entire range with the same ease by which they ploughed their fields and fished the seas. But one day, word reached Finn that another giant from the Scottish Highlands had plans to come to Morn and make a home for himself. Finn had no desire to share the mountains, so that evening he went to his workshop to prepare to confront him. If he thinks he can take my home, he has another thing coming. Where's that old helm? I'll show him who rules these mountains. As the next dawn crept across the land, the people of Ireland awoke to the tremors of Finn's mighty footsteps marching to face the Scottish giant. It wasn't long before he spotted him, standing in the north, having crossed the water from Kintyre. Finn let out a fierce battle cry that split the sky in a thunderous clap. And bound by the most violent storm the local people had ever seen, the two giants fought for many days and nights. You dare challenge me? I am the clap in the thunder, I am the rain in the air, I am the earth of these mountain sides. You are nothing here. Though the Scottish giant was clearly a mighty warrior, Finn had the advantage of fighting on familiar ground and began to emerge the stronger of the two. Finn chased his opponent back towards Kintyre, but the Scottish giant was much faster and managed to get ahead. Finn, who was afraid he would jump across the sea and escape, stooped down and clutched a great fistful of the Irish soil to throw at him. He hurled it with all his might, but it flew off course, and the great clod of earth came crashing down into the depths of the Irish Sea. When it settled, some said that an island could be seen through the thick mist on the sea to the east, one that no fisherman had ever passed before. They believed that the mists were the cloak of the great sea wizard, Mananan, and so they named the island the- Mom! Rory, couldn't it wait a few words more? The expression on Rory's face said it could not. Dad said that's wrong. The Romans named it Mona, like Granny. Honest, it's on their maps. Like many aged nine, Rory was determined not to have the wool pulled over her eyes. But where's the fun in that story? It's not like the Romans took any interest in the Isle of Man anyway. Not like the Celts did. She was setting the bait for Rory's younger brother. Ashley was engrossed in a toy reenactment of the giant's battle on the edge of his cabin bed. He still found as much delight in his mum's stories as Rory had when she was six. Or the Vikings, Mum. Don't forget the Vikings. <laughs> of course I wouldn't forget the Vikings. Now they named a lot of places, Rory. 
They liked the name Snaefell Mountain so much that they took it with them all the way to Iceland. In fact... Look, I'm a Viking. Ashley was running around the bedroom with two empty cups held to his head. In his imagination, it looked like a mighty horned helmet. In reality, he was just getting the dregs of day-old blackcurrant squash in his hair. Rory gave her a sceptical glance. Mom, has anyone actually seen a giant? Generations had passed since anyone on the island had claimed to see a giant or a sea wizard. It was perhaps for the best that her daughter did take the old tales with a somewhat generous pinch of salt. She tucked Rory in and perched on the bed beside her. No. No one has seen a giant for a long, long time. With a little encouragement, Ashley settled too. Claire gave them both a kiss on the forehead. As she went to switch off the bedside lamp, she started to sing them both a lullaby. It was a tune she'd sung every night since Rory had been born, just as her own mother had done for her many years before. It was another fragment of a world that she'd once known in her own childhood, and she needed the nightly practice to remember all the words. Desmona's Isle. Join me, Kyle Withington, and a host of the Isle of Man's finest actors as episode by episode we dive into the myths, mystery and magic of Mona's Isle. A bewitching tale of adventure and folklore made with the support of Culture Vannin and the Isle of Man Arts Council. listening to episode one, The Cloak of Mist. Welcome aboard Mananan. Measuring 96 metres from stern to bow, this ship is currently the largest of its type in operation on the Irish Sea, announced the speaker system throughout the passenger cabin. It went on to cheerily describe the day's promotions and general carnage unaccompanied children could cause while the ship was at sea. The place was crawling with people. There were families bustling about trying to claim the table seating while others were joining the ever-growing queue for the hot food kiosk. Some were attempting both things at the same time through a strange dance of frantic arm gestures and incomprehensible shouts. Artie was quite proud of himself. 
he considered himself a veteran of the ferry crossing to the Isle of Man, and having learned from previous mistakes, he successfully steered Rory and Ashley past two cinema lounges, the gift shop, and the cafeteria to some more sensible seats in the ship's forward lounge. The forward lounge actually boasted the best view on the boat. Before them, a vast window framed the sweeping view of the River Mersey as Manannan slowly set a course for the open sea. With a cheery tone, the intercom came back to life, this time with a direct line from the ship's bridge. Fast am I as Kaevai. This is your captain wishing you a very pleasant journey to the Isle of Man with us this afternoon. As we make our way out to the Irish Sea, I thought I'd take this opportunity to tell you all a little bit more about the island we're travelling to. Artie noticed a couple in front of him, clearly islanders, rolling their eyes and putting on headphones to watch a film. He chuckled to himself. They'd presumably heard the tourist waffle enough times to know it by heart. With Scotland, England, Wales and Northern Ireland surrounding it at each point of the compass, you may have thought the Isle of Man to be a part of the United Kingdom. The island is a property of the British Crown, but has always been a fiercely independent part of the British Isles. It makes its own laws and has its own government called Tynwald. The Manx people celebrate this annually on Tynwald Day. You've come at a good time, as this just happens to be taking place this coming Friday at St John's. Just as Artie had imagined, Rory and Ashley were not at all invested in the Timwald lecture. Dad! Ashley's not letting people through. Artie often said that Ashley had a talent for spreading out. They'd only been on board a matter of minutes, yet somehow he'd already found enough time to strew the contents of his small rucksack across the lounge's main thoroughfare, claiming it as his own makeshift art studio. It was equipped with a fresh pad of paper and as many colouring pencils as the Isle of Man Border Authority would allow one person to import into the country. That was what he'd told Ashley when they were packing, at least. The only entertainment that Rory had brought with her for the trip was her widget. She'd specifically asked him for the game's console for her 13th birthday, and in the months since had become all but a ghost to the rest of the family. She'd always been one to fixate on faddish technology, but the immediate loss of enthusiasm for anything other than playing Beasts of Athelonia still took Artie by surprise. Thinking it through, with the ship now pulled away from the harbour, she would have lost her connection to the free Wi-Fi from the Liverpool terminal. Whinging required no internet connection at all, and it remained Rory's second favourite pastime. That said, a lady was trying to get by. Ashley, can you give this lady some space, please? Ashley begrudgingly shoveled the pencils to one side. Oh, it's, it's quite all right. The lady gave him a concerning smile. It was a smile that suggested she would find any excuse to talk to them for the rest of the journey. Artie forced a smile in reply before looking back to the book on the history of cartography he had waiting for him in his lap. That would do the trick, he hoped. Sadly, it did not. In fact, it actually made things worse. The woman started talking to Ashley instead. What are you drawing? She crouched to get a closer look. Mananin. The boat? Mananin's not a boat. He's a wizard. The lady looked confused. Ashley took a deep breath, and Artie's heart sank. When it came to myths and legends, Ashley could happily talk for hours. He's got a cloak of mist that makes the island invisible to invaders. And he has a magic boat called the Wave Sweeper that can cross the sea without oars or sails. And a great sword... That's quite an imagination you have. It's not imagination. 
Our mum told us about Mananin. He's real. My sister knows the stories better. Rory glared at her brother. Worried that she touched a nerve, the lady tried to change the subject. Does your mum know a lot about the Isle of Man? Ashley's face fell. Well, yes, but she grew up there, but she died. Artie resigned himself to the fact that no matter how intently he stared at the words on the first page of his book, he was not going to be blessed with an opportunity to actually read them. The lady turned white as a sheet. It was a look they'd all become quite used to in the past year. Just like everyone else, she had no idea what to say. Oh, I'm so sorry. It was better than most managed. More often people were simply stunned into silence. This was usually where the uncomfortable conversations would end, but to everyone's surprise, Rory wasn't finished. Why would you be sorry? You didn't know her. Rory, how dare you! I can only apologise. It's okay. With a resigned nod, the lady continued on her way to find a seat. Rory took it upon herself to break the cold silence that followed. It's going to be like this the whole trip, isn't it? He's going to go on about all Mum's stories about Mananan and the fairies and all that rubbish. They're not rubbish, and you know they're not called fairies. Artie could feel the weight of curious eyes turning to them from around the cabin. The shouting was beginning to attract attention. You will keep your voices down, do you hear me? They're just stupid stories. Keeping on about them isn't going to- Isn't going to what, exactly? Rory had assumed Ashley would interrupt her. With all his heart, Artie hoped that she would find the grace not to finish her sentence. It's not going to bring her back. He gritted his teeth as the anger bubbled away in his chest. Given the surroundings, he couldn't show it much, but he was livid. Rory, you and I are going for a walk. But- Now! Artie slapped his book down on the seat beside him and marched Rory off toward the outside deck. He hoped the roar of the engines may offer a little more privacy for the scolding he was about to send her way. Ashley picked up a stray colouring pencil and went back to his drawing. But it didn't feel quite so fun anymore. He hoped the picture of Mananin would help remind him of the last time they'd visited the island. Three years is an awfully long time when you're nine, and for Ashley, their last trip to see Granny Mona now felt like a distant memory. Back then, their mum had spent the boat journey reminding him and his sister of all the wondrous stories she knew about the island's mythical creatures and where they could go looking for them. Rory believed in all the tales then, and roped him into all manner of capers around the headland where Granny lived. Together, they chased hares they believed were witches and sat in the undergrowth for hours, hoping to catch a glimpse of themselves, the island's mischievous magic folk. Now it seemed he was the only one with any interest in the tales. Both his sister and his dad had, in their own ways, shown that they were dreading having to stay at Granny's, and neither had any patience for talk of magical creatures. Their dad changed the subject every time Ashley wanted to talk about what they were doing on the trip and his sister would scoff at the mere mention of their mother's stories. Though he wasn't much of an artist, his year six teacher wasn't shy in making him aware of that, the pad and colouring pencils had been an attempt to bring the stories to life. 
somewhere between the shaky lines on the pad in front of him, he'd hoped to catch a glimpse of Mananen. But it seemed Mananen didn't want to make an appearance. Ashley had expected this, but what he hadn't expected was the gnawing sense of hollowness he was feeling. Perhaps without their mum with them this time, the magic just wasn't going to be there. He knew he'd have to keep it going, even if no one else would. His mum wouldn't have wanted them to lose sight of it. Of that, at least, he was certain. He sniffled back a tear and packed away the pencils and the drawing pad. The bonus of both his dad and Rory being out on the outside deck was he was free to do more or less as he pleased until they got back. That was too precious a thing to waste on crying. He got up and decided to make his way to the wide window at the front of the lounge, in the hope he would spot the island in the distance. He peered through the glass, but all that lay ahead was a deep and monotonous grey. It was so dense that it was almost hypnotising. The minutes slid away like the raindrops on the glass, drawn out into streaks by the ship's onward slog through the gloom. For a moment, Ashley thought he saw the masts of a tall ship rising through the mist. More appeared, one after the next, each a different distance from the last. At the top were three metal legs, spinning slowly against the breeze. Wind turbines, he realised, just as they were swallowed back into the fog. You won't see much through this, boy. A man was stood next to him. He was huge! dressed in an enormous yellow raincoat, with a beard so thick it covered almost all of his face. His humongous, bushy eyebrows made it hard to be certain, but it looked as if the man was staring at him. He'd had quite enough of talking to strangers for one day. You ask me, we're set to sail right on through, as if there were no island there at all. Ashley muttered to himself, the man raised a colossal eyebrow, high enough to reveal a pupil below. What was that, boy? It's the cloak. Mananin's cloak. It protects the island from invaders. That's right. And why is it you're coming to our little island? Ashley didn't know what to say. He never knew how to tell people about his mum. He wasn't going home, and it was hardly a holiday. He decided to keep to the facts. We're going to stay with our, my granny Mona. It left out everything about the ashes and the will, but it wasn't a lie. The man stood in stoic silence, the creases on his forehead dug in deep as he looked steadfastly out into the void. Then you better be telling your granny Mona this. The man leant in close, scratching at a loose curl of his great beard. When it comes to weather, I'm never wrong. There's a storm coming, boy. I can feel it. Oh, not today, mind. It'll be just in time for parish day, I'd reckon. Not knowing what else to do, Ashley looked back to the window. In the mist ahead, he could see the faint outline of stone ramparts and a flagpole emerging from a light grey strip across the horizon. Slowly, it took the shape of a small castle, sat on a lonely rock at the entrance to a harbour. As they drew closer still, the mist thinned, revealing a long stretch of shoreline and a promenade laced with waves of shimmering light bulbs. 
Ashley smiled. Fastamai, this is your captain speaking. We're now only a mile from our berth in the port of Douglas. They'd found their way through the mist. He turned back to see his dad and Rory on their way back from the outside deck. The cabin had come back to life, with people repacking rucksacks and making their way into queues for the car decks. Yet, as much as Ashley looked, the man in the yellow raincoat was nowhere to be seen. You've been listening to Mona's Isle. To get in touch or learn more about the magic, myths and making of the podcast, go to monasisle.im or find us on Facebook or Instagram at Mona's Isle. Subscribe to join us next time as the adventure continues in Episode 2, The Thunderbolt. Episode 1 of the Mona's Isle podcast was created by me, Kyle Withington, with the support of the Isle of Man Arts Council and Culture Vannin. It features an original score by David Kilgallen and a very special guest appearance from John Rhys Davies. Our script was edited by Catherine Thornley, recorded by David Armstrong and Lewis Withington, and edited by Joseph Maddock. The characters in this episode were voiced by Alice Smith, Joseph Jennings, Tony Eccles, Bryony Grant, and Chris Kane. Thank you for listening, and the full show notes are available on our website.